Could you use a quick tip daily? How about a tip that can impact your day? My name is Rafael. Join me as I bring you tips by experts around the world. These experts have shared their knowledge and wisdom with me and will directly share them with you. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, and comment, and I would love for you to become part of the New Tip Daily community. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Thank you Good for joining morning. me today. Are we uh, live? Do I have a minute to check my camera? We are live. Well, I always go live exactly on time. So we are live. I'm going to let you do that. I will talk for a minute myself. So here's the thing. When we, <laughs> we go live, we go live. So thank you so much for joining me, Vanessa. I know while you're setting things up, one of the most important things for me is always gratitude. How do I wake up every morning? What is it that I talk to myself about? It's the, the, the words that I use every morning when I wake up and I go through my gratitude every morning. I go through gratitude and every evening I go through gratitude. So I am grateful that Vanessa decided to join me today. And we're about to bring her on. I know she's about ready. So what are the qualities of a leader? What makes us all leaders? Let's have Vanessa come back on with us. Hello, hello. How are you? Just shift over good, a little bit you? and you're good. Perfect. Exceptional. Getting better every day. Every day. Thank Amazing. you so much for joining me. Yes, yes. So I, I love the topic today, qualities of a great leader. And when we consider that we are all leaders, and no matter what the role you are playing, a janitor, a mom, a dad, a sweeper, um, somebody who fixes your car, a lawyer, an executive. We're all leaders, aren't we? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, leadership is so much about um, the mindset that you bring to to your life, to the world. Yes. You know, I was thinking a lot about in preparation for this conversation, what leadership really means. And to me, I mean, it's a couple of things. I think it's certainly a combination of, of the competence you bring mm. and it's also the character that you bring to everything that you do. So to your point, if, if you hire someone, we're going to be redoing our roof um, next on Monday. And so mm. we interviewed people. We were looking for somebody who had the competence. I want somebody who has so much knowledge in preparing our roof. And I also want someone who I can trust who's got <laughs> character who can show up on time, mm. who's pleasant to work with. And so that's the person my husband and I interviewed five different people. And that's the person we selected, that person who really demonstrated leadership in the way they approach their work and their relationships. Mm. I love that because, <laughs> and you said something very important about leadership. It's that trust. We need to have trust in the people that we are going to either put in a position of leadership or someone who we are following, right? Because I always tell not only my clients, but anybody who's willing to listen that in order to be a great leader, you need to be a great follower first, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. And 
you know, to be a great leader, also, you have to develop followership, mm. right? So in the old world of work, people used to, because you had positional authority, I'm mm. your boss, there was assumed followership. It doesn't right. work like that anymore, right? <laughs> if people don't want to follow you, they, they walk with their feet. And mm. that's the biggest reason is you, you know people leave jobs is not because they don't like the company or, or necessarily their job, but because they don't like their leader. Yeah. yeah. So people leave their jobs. Some, some, some people do leave because they want more money. Let's talk about money for a minute. Sure. So the research indicates that there's five things that motivate people at work. If you feel like you're being paid fairly, money's number five. Mm. Number one is being in on things. And number two is doing interesting work. Mm. So yeah, so money is definitely a factor. People think it's the only factor. It certainly is not. Not at, all. Not at all. I mean, if you go to a job and you get paid really well, but you go home and, and you're pulling your hair out and you're miserable and you're crying and all these things, but hey, man, I'm getting a good paycheck. Is that worth it? Is that worth your giving your soul, if you will? Well, many people do it. It's a choice. Mm, it many, a choice. many, many people do it. You know, you've got uh, kids are expensive, <laughs> sending them to college or university is expensive. <laughs> and, you know, you want to send your kid to soccer, that's expensive. And, you know, if, if, if you don't have kids and you, you like to travel or you enjoy certain, mm -hmm. well, I mean, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. Your life is your choice. So I don't know about you, but I know many people who make that choice. I'm not saying it's the right choice, but mm -hmm. to... When I start as an executive coach, when I coach people around that issue, they feel stuck. Mm -hmm. And what I have to do is, is show people that you're never stuck. Yeah. You always have options. And right now you're making a choice. Yeah. It's all about the choices that we make every single day. I mean, yes. daily. Okay. I talk while you were getting ready. I said gratitude. That's a choice. I can choose to wake up in gratitude or not. So my days start great because of the choices I make early on. Mm -hmm. The minute I wake up, I mean, the minute I wake up, I'm already in. It's very strange because the minute I wake up, I'm already in gratitude. I'm already starting to say things. I'm already grateful for the fact that I woke up, hey, that, that's a win right there. That's my first win of the day, right? I woke up. I'm able to move my body. I I have the function um, to be able to think, to, to process. So immediately I've trained myself, if you will, to just go into it. It's, it's a habit, but it's also a choice because I can choose to wake up and go, oh, this hurts or that hurts or... I can't believe so-and-so or what happened yesterday and, and live in a negative world. So it is a choice. Yeah. And I think one of the amazing tips I learned from, I love to listen to the Calm app and mm. uh, Jay Shetty taught me a great, he does the Daily Jay, taught me a great tip around even when things are going really tough for you in your life and you're having a difficult time, ask yourself, 
what's one thing that's going well right now? Mm. And it's important for leaders to understand that because as a leader, you set the tone in your organization. You set the tone on your team. So leaders are just people. You could be going through something really challenging in your life. You will be just because that's mm-hmm. life. And yet you, and, and so if you are a leader who's going through something challenging, you know, wake up in the morning and say to yourself, okay, what's one thing that's going well, it's going to help shift your mindset. And I also think if we go back to that concept we talked about earlier, which is around trust, if you're transparent with your team, mm. build trust, right? Because when something's challenging is happening in our life, we can get really grumpy <laughs> and that's normal. And just to say to your team, listen, this is happening right now. Um, I'm going to be grumpy for the next month. It's not personal. Mm. I am, you know, whatever the situation is, it's fertility treatment or it's, you know, a family member is not well or whatever it is, mm. right? And people go, got it. And then that allows them to be empathetic and compassionate. So I'm all for full transparency. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I agree. It doesn't hurt to let people know that you may be going through a difficult time, but that doesn't allow you to treat them badly as no, a leader. For sure. Right? Well, if we go back to trust, right, what builds trust is character and competence, right? Mm-hmm. So the competence part is, am I getting results? And am I, um, you know, getting better? And am I meeting my commitments? The character side is, am I respectful? I mean, am I transparent? Am I respectful? Am I loyal? You know, so there's a, there's a lot to trust. It's not just, am I getting the job done? Yeah, exactly. So I had, I was talking to my team and and they've been with me for many, many years. And I was, I'm always letting them know that they need to level up. And the only way to do that is by replacing themselves. So they have to look for people who are going to take over their spot so they can move to the next spot. And so I said, one of the things that we always have to do is is show up and and the way, the quality of how we show up. So then I asked them all, hey, listen, do me a favor. Be super honest with me because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to give you a review in front of everybody, not in private. And they're like, what? I'm like, so I said, these are the things and this is what we need to work on. I said, now, let me ask you something. Something deep. And they're like, what is it? And I said, review me. And they're like, review you? I said, yeah. In front of everybody. And don't don't hold anything back. Be super honest. And out of that whole conversation, they said that I'm stern, I'm firm, I'm fair, yet... I'm always happy. And I said, and then somebody else said, you know, we know that sometimes you're having um, difficulties in certain things in life and whatnot. You don't show it. You always show that you're happy. And I said, well, how do you know when I am? (laughs) And they started laughing because they said, well, we don't know. It's because the way you show up. So one of the things for me is always whatever you're going through, that's my personal take. It's okay to let people know about it, but it's also like what I said earlier, it's how you treat people. Because guess what? If you meet a new customer, they really don't care. 
that your family member is not feeling well. I mean, they'll say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But they're there for a reason. They're there because maybe they want to buy your product or they want to buy your service. So for me, it's always about they don't know where I am. Let me show them the best possible quality that I can share with them so that they will get to know me. And in fact, what's really interesting about what you're saying is the research is so aligned with you that the research indicates that happier leaders actually increase the productivity of their team. Mm. So for for me, it's always about how do I want to show up and then how do I want the next person to show up? I talk about that with leaders um, in terms of setting the tone. Mm. So I always say to leaders, you set the tone on your team. Like leaders actually have a lot of responsibility, right? Because people are going to leave the organization if they don't like you. And that's a fact, right? And so I always say to leaders, you can't motivate people, but what you can do is you can create a, an environment that is motivating for them. And one of the ways that you do that is you have to conscious, you have to be a conscious leader, right? Mm. Many times I'll work with organizations and I'll work with individuals who are in conflict. And often it's because the leader is completely unconscious of how their behavior is impacting people around them. So I always say to leaders, be conscious, understand, think about how your behavior is impacting the people around you and choose the tone that you want to set on your team. And by the way, every leader is going to choose a different tone based on their personality, their strengths, their work style. So one person may say, the tone I want to set is creative. Mm. Someone may say, the tone I want to set is empathetic. Someone else may want to set a tone which is um, filled with humor and levity, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so there's no right or wrong way to lead. And that's why everybody has to consciously think about the tone they want to set that feels aligned and authentic to them. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, um, when we consider uh, leadership, I think we have to also bring in emotional intelligence. And I know that there's been a lot of work in that lately, and it's been a very popular word, if you will, two words, emotional intelligence. But when we consider what we've been faced with, COVID showed people what they can come through with because now they're no longer uh, there's a lot of companies that went back full-time some are still you know half a day um you know you go into the office and then the other half you go home and you take care of your things and then you come back on other ones are you do two days on two days off or three days on three days two days off whatever it is but there is that mix and then there's some companies that said hey listen we must all be in person. So I think leadership has evolved because of what we were dealt with. And I think it's actually made better leaders. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, during the pandemic, we were brought into people's homes. Mm. And so you got to know people in a very different way. You saw their pets on their laps and their kids on their laps. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I do think that that did breed a lot of of empathy. Um, And when, when I think about emotional intelligence, the definition of emotional intelligence is how my emotions impact me 
and the people around me, yeah. right? And so as a leader, it is one of the most important qualities to, to uh, actually skills. I'm going to say skills to build. You can develop your emotional intelligence. You can assess. There's great. If you, if you go into Google and type emotional intelligence assessments, mm. many will come up. Some are free. Some you have to pay for. I think it would be fascinating to assess your emotional intelligence because then it'll give you a sense of, you know, what part of my emotional intelligence is going well for me right now? Where am I excelling? And what are some areas that maybe I need some work? For example, part of emotional intelligence is optimism. Some people mm -hmm. kind of have the optimism gene and other people like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really that optimistic. Like it's just the way I'm <laughs> wired. Guess what? That's good news that you know that. That's being a conscious leader because mm -hmm. now you can work on developing that skill. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you brought up that the, you can change, you can adapt. Because as a leader, I think we have to. Yeah. We we can't, you know, we can't do what we did back in, in the 90s. Yeah. You know, we're, we're in a different age. Technology has really helped leaders level up. Because one of the things that we have now is we have digital calendars. We have, I love a physical calendar, right? So I like putting things down, but I still use I use two digital calendars, actually three, I, I believe now that I'm thinking about it. Um, so I have my iCal, I have my Google, and I have my Calendly. And they all let, help me as a leader know what's happening. When am I doing these things? And I get notifications so that I know when to show up or I know when somebody else is, needs to show up. When I have a meeting, I know I can set it up so that I know a, a day ahead, a week ahead. I can know 10 minutes before in case I'm running late at one, not one. I can notify my team, hey, you can start without me or give me five minutes, I'll be there, right? Like tonight, I have on Friday night, I'm leading a, a group of leaders, future leaders who are stepping into a role and they need to understand that the way they show up and letting them know that they're, and this is the one I use all the time. I said, you know, as a leader, you're the goldfish. And they're like, what do you mean I'm the goldfish? I'm like, right. You're the one swimming by yourself sometimes. Yes. And people are looking at you and then they're hitting the glass and you hear this, poof, poof, this disturbance and you're going, what on earth is that? And as a leader, you have to know that everybody's looking at your every little move. So you need to be aware of your movements, of the way you treat other people. And so one of the things I say to them, I said, hey, you know what? Throw a camera in your office and see how you do your day. Put it up for you know a couple of hours and see how you manage your time. Because I think leadership is about managing time and the time of the ones that you're leading as well. Yeah, I the way I refer to time management when I teach it to my clients is that it's actually not time management because nobody can stop the time. Right. Nobody can stop the clock. It's self-management. Mm. It's how you manage yourself in relation to the time that you have, right? Mm. So what does that mean? That means removing distractions. That means 
not multitasking. Again, the research indicates that we are not born to multitask. It's like a, it's like a highway that goes, our brain is a highway that goes in one direction, right? And so mm -hmm. people are multitasking all the time. Yesterday I was in a, in a training course with a group of 20 leaders and the workbook is um, an editable PDF. So they all had their laptops and I honestly, we were talking about coaching. I didn't know if they were texting, if they were right. on, you know, email, returning emails. I said, okay, everybody, we're doing coaching. Coaching does not require a workbook. Coaching does not require laptops. Everybody shut your laptops. And the whole energy in the room shifted when they mm. were present and focused, right? And that's just good self-management. Right. And so, you know, when you need to focus and part of leadership is being strategic. And so many leaders say to me, Vanessa, I don't have time to be strategic. And I say, well, mm. Let's talk about what's happening. And, and many people say, I get interrupted all the time, right? So they don't know how to schedule. So part of self-management is scheduling time. Mm. Part of self-management is when you have that scheduled time, send a message to your team and say, offline for an hour, need to get this done, it's urgent, see you in an hour. Mm. And what is so amazing is that they're going to solve their problems in that hour. They'll find someone else to solve the problem for them, right? Now, if you have a, a job where you're not able to be offline for an hour and turn everything off at Bing's, like Slack and your phone and your text, right? That's fine. But most leaders do have that ability within their schedule to block off time. Mm. It's just great self-management. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, one of the things that um, Brandon Burchard has said a thousand times over is that you work a 50-minute hour and mm -hmm. that you need that 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and so forth. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't always work depending on the actual work you're doing. If you're sitting mm -hmm. in front of the computer, it's good to rest your eyes anyway, mm -hmm. right? Because then you'll come back more productive. But sometimes if you're working on a deadline, yeah, you may not have that 10 extra minutes because you need to get it done by a certain time. But I do believe that we do need to recharge. And that's where the 10 minutes. And it doesn't have to be every 50 minutes. It could be every 90 minutes. It could be whatever it is, right? Every two hours, three hours, whatever it is so that you are constantly recharging and refocusing because sometimes we get we get so caught up and we dive deep in that we become so tunnel vision that we don't see the outside we don't see the bigger picture right that's actually part of emotional intelligence one of the mm -hmm. pillars of emotional intelligence is self-awareness mm -hmm. so it's understanding myself maybe i need a break every 50 minutes and someone else needs a break every 90 minutes there's no right or wrong it's just know yourself and you know that emotional intelligence is understanding that if i don't get that break every 90 minutes the impact so emotional intelligence what is the impact of my emotions on me and the people around me the impact on myself is i get more stressed out i get more grumpy the impact on the people around me is i'm not bringing my best self to work mm. i'm not creating that tone that i said is important to me you know it's uh it's very interesting when i was much younger um i'm a person that when i i get into something i don't stop i don't I, I don't know how. And when I would see other people taking breaks here and there, going back in the days when you can smoke, um, you know, in the lobby or whatever, I'm like, man, 
they're not really here. They're not focused. And I didn't get it when I was younger. I didn't realize that they needed, it wasn't a cigarette break. It was an emotional break. And that, it took me a long time to realize it because I'm wired differently. Right? I can literally do something, not even take a food break and just go all the way through. And then people go, aren't you hungry? Aren't you, aren't you like, I'm like, actually, no, I am so set into this mood of focus. And they're like, you're just wired differently. And I said, yes. And, and so after many hours, I'll go, okay, maybe I'll take a little break. And it's not because I need it. It's because I felt like other people, I was making them anxious. Mm. What's wrong with him? Right. Mm. So then I said, okay, so now I don't do that anymore. If I am by myself, yeah, I'll just, I'll go through because I don't know how to stop. But if I see I'm around other people, I give myself a break in order to give them a break. Right. So therefore, the emotional intelligence is not because I need the break. It's because my team needs the break. And they may be pressured to say, hey, Raphael is not taking a break, so we can't take one. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's another part. Well, there's two, it reminds me of two other parts of emotional intelligence, social skills and self-regulation, mm. right? So that's an example of social skills where you're understanding that I am a human, I live in a social environment, and many leaders that I coach actually lack social skills mm. because they're so task-oriented. I, I use this um, continuum that I share with leaders a lot, which is, task on one side and relationship on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I always ask them, put yourself somewhere on this, this continuum. <laughs> and some people are like all the way over on the relationship side. And some people are all the way over in the task side. And some people are in the middle. And I say to them, well, where do you want to be? Where do you think the best place is to be? And, you know, people who are all the way over on the task side, they need to move over closer to the relationship side. That's just, you have to develop your social skills to be a leader, right? Yeah. And then the self-regulation piece is around, I love what you said also, because it's around, I know that I need to self-regulate. I know I need to take a break. I know I need to, um, you know, walk up, uh, walk around and stretch, right? Mm -hmm. So, I love what you said because it's it is demonstrating your emotional intelligence from that social skills and self self regulation perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, as a as a coach, people come to you because they want to become a better leader mm -hmm. because they see themselves maybe they've hit a plateau, right? And so they they they're looking. They're like, I know Vanessa. She's going to help me get off my plateau and maybe leap, maybe get in that springboard, right? And jump, jump a little higher so I can reach or, or maybe I need a, a taller ladder because leadership is about climbing, right? But it's it also about bringing people along with you. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And people also don't realize there's different levels of leadership. 
And so, you know, when you're an individual, as we started out this conversation, we talked about everybody's a leader, right? The mm-hmm. first level of leadership is actually self-leadership. It's leading myself. It's making sure that I'm a team player and living the values of my organization and really, and are really competent in my job. The next level of leadership passage two is um, I'm now leading other people for the first time. Mm-hmm. So that's a different skill set, right? You have to learn how to coach and give feedback and motivate people and do performance reviews and that's a different job. And you, you move up to the next passage of leadership. And in that passage, you're managing other managers. Again, different job, right? And then you get promoted into the next level, the next mm-hmm. passage of leadership. And you're managing a function or several functions or a large department or an organization is the next level, right? So I call it new level, next level, new devil or new level, new devil, right? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes people come to me to, as a coach because they're stuck. Sometimes they come to me because they've just moved into the next level mm. and they know that, okay, new level, new skill set, yeah. right? And so um, a lot of people don't realize that about leadership. And that's why I don't like or use the word imposter syndrome because most people are not imposters, nor do they have a syndrome. It's just <laughs> you're, you're in a new job and you have new responsibilities and you're like, I, 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 you have a gap. Mm. You have a gap in your responsibilities. No problem. You're not an imposter or have a syndrome. You just have gaps in your skill set. So figure out what they are, get a coach, get a mentor, go do some training, find someone in your organization who does that really well and get mentoring from them on how to close that gaps, right? Because con- you want, you, it's that you lack confidence because you're, you're tasked with something new, right? Mm. So the way to overcome any gap in your confidence as a leader is to try stuff. Right. Let's say you're you're moving into passage two as a leader and it's your first time managing other people and you have to give feedback for the first time. Is it going to be scary? Maybe some people actually don't mind giving feedback for many people. Yeah, it is going to be scary. So guess what? You have to plan. Right. Mm -hmm. My, My favorite quality of leaders is leaders who plan, leaders who are prepared, prepare for that meeting. Write out what you want to say, practice it. And then when you show up, you're going to feel more confident Mm. and then maybe it won't go well. That's okay. Like, like analyze it, do a debrief. What worked? What didn't work? What will I do differently next time? And the next time you're going to do something different. And then the more you do it, the more confidence, confident, confident you feel. Right. So you just have to try stuff. Yeah. You know what I love that you said? confidence Mm. a leader must have confidence and then their team needs to be confident about them being their leader right who is my commander in charge here is it is it me or is it the person that i'm supposed to be following and like i said earlier the most important part of a leader is following because that's where the confidence, I think, truly sets in. And I'm sure that you you help so many people understand because you're stepping into a new role. What does that mean? That means maybe I don't know. And you said it. I love what you said. Find out. Get mentorship. Do your research. Maybe you need to take a new course. Maybe it's it's machinery and you don't know this machinery. Maybe it's it's you, you're in a different country. I, I have a couple of friends of mine who've, 
been in different countries and all of a sudden they're like how do i lead these people it's yes. a different culture how do i even talk to them because yes. now they have to understand the culture the way they talk to their people in the u.s is going to be way different than they talk to them in a different country if you go to east asia if you go to europe it's different it's it's even the way you you say hello, you know, all, all these little tiny little things that you need to dive into and, and you need to be confident. But confidence comes from from doing, doesn't it? A hundred percent. The more you do, the more confident you feel. Let's take mm. another great example is presentation skills. So mm. many leaders are afraid to, to do public speaking. Well, the yeah. more you do it, the more confident you become. So you just have to try. There, it's funny that we're try. Try used to have a very bad rap. Remember they used to say like <laughs> trying is not good enough. Right. Trying is everything. You see, yeah. I'm like reclaiming. I think maybe I'll write a book on that. Maybe we'll co-author a book together on trying. I love it. <laughs> right. I think trying is the new, it's the new word that people really need to embrace. Just try. Yeah. Try. And and guess what? Maybe it's an epic fail. Who cares? You tried and yeah. you're gonna learn from it. Like people need to be really proud of themselves for trying for trying something new for getting out of their comfort zone because that does take a lot of courage yeah you you know it's uh, it's very interesting when, when you said what you just said because i i'm imagining a picture in my head mm -hmm. of somebody who's stepping into a new role and they have to do a presentation and they have a family at home mm -hmm. who do you practice on you tell your kids hey kids come on over I'm gonna, we're gonna get ice cream after we do this part. And I wanna, sh I wanna present to you and, and maybe your spouse or your partner, whoever, and you say, hey, um, I need 20 minutes of your time. And just go through your presentation and say, hey, you know what? I want you to be honest. Did, did you feel like you were, was, was I engaging? Was I this? How do my slides, if you have slides, show it to them? What, what do you think of this slide? Do you think of that slide? So it's that trial and error. But you have, if, if, if you're a single person, I hope you have friends. If not, join, join a group, right, where, where you can start to uh, Toastmasters. I've never been to it, but I hear, I hear it's great. I've never been to even one meeting, but I'm, I've, I've heard really good things about it. And you can go and do presentations and, hey, if you're going to step into a new role, why not? Right? Oh, yeah. Toastmasters is excellent. And I personally, I don't like practicing in front of anyone. Mm. I do a lot of presentations. I'm a, I'm a professional presenter. Mm. I personally like to practice in my office by myself. Nice. So. You know, or some people practice in front of a mirror, but the mm. key is practice. Yeah. You know, my, again, I'm going back to the most important quality as a leader is to be prepared. Mm. And you know, what's interesting about presentations. I see a lot of leaders, they prepare their slides. They spend hours and hours on this image and the font and, you know, the PowerPoint looks perfect, but they don't practice what they're going to say. That's, that's, <laughs> so I want you to think about with presentations, right? It's 50, 50. So if you have an hour, 50% of your time needs to be on the slides, making sure they look presentable. 50%, the other 
needs to be focused on what am I going to say and practicing what you're going to say and bringing in stories and bringing in examples. You know, often people will say to me, Vanessa, you have a very casual presentation style. Mm. You know why? Because I prepare so much that when I'm up on that stage or in front of a group of leaders, I know my, my material so well that it looks like it's very casual. It's mm. so rehearsed. Oh, yeah. A every nuance is in there <laughs> because you've gone through it. Vanessa, it, what, how do people find you? How do people say, you know, I, I need, I'm going to step into a new category, a new leadership role. How do we find you? So I have free resources for you. If you go to yourleadershipresources.com, you can find me there. You can get a free leadership quiz and some other free resources. And you can also find me on my website. So my company is called Mosaic People Development. So if you mm. type that into Google or if you, my URL is mosaicpd.com and that's where you'll find me. Beautiful, beautiful. When we consider leadership, mm -hmm. we we sometimes have to take the hat off a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. When we come home, when we come home, and we have to like say, you know what? Because a lot of times, it it may be your spouse who's the leader at home, and that's when you need to learn to follow as well or it may be that you are no longer managing your kids but you're assisting your kids so i i think that we we need to know where our roles fall in place mm -hmm. right and sometimes we use what i like to call a shared leadership model mm. Um, so when I find leaders are building a new team, there's a lot, they're onboarding a lot, a lot of new people. It's very labor intensive on the leader because you're mm. clarifying roles and responsibilities. You're giving feedback, you're developing your team. But once you've gone through some time and your team is, is developed and you're a little more settled, I always recommend leaders leverage a shared leadership model. For example, who says you need to chair all the meetings, mm. create an agenda create a roster. And I, I chair one meeting, somebody else chairs the next meeting, someone else chairs the following meeting. And when you chair the meeting, you're responsible for the agenda, you're responsible for the warm up, you're right. So moving to that shared leadership model when you're I mean, of course, not when your team is new, it's, it's very mm -hmm. heavily leadership um, led when a team is new. And because the, there's so many things you need to do to, to, you know, if you think about the stages of team development, forming, storming, norming and performing when your team's forming and first coming together, that's on you. Mm. But and when you're in storming and there's the next stage, which is common is conflict. You have to manage the conflict as a leader. That's on you. If you don't, you'll never get to norming and high performing. But once you get to that norming stage, shared leadership model is incredible. Yeah. Who, yeah. Said, who says as a leader, you have to be responsible. <laughs> who said that? Not me. Yeah, every little thing. No, I, I love, I love how you're talking about leveraging your leadership. Right. Because that's really what you're doing. You're leveraging it because you don't have to as a leader, you don't have to do every little task. And I also you don't have to micromanage either. Right. I think that uh, giving people space 
even to make mistakes, right? As yeah. a leader, I think that's important also. Yeah. And, you know, okay, that's a really important point you brought up. There's two different kinds of leadership styles that you kind of have to flex between. One is being mm. directive and one is being supportive. Mm. Directive leadership is not um, micromanaging. What it means is that sometimes you legitimately need, need to direct people. Again, if your team is in that stage of forming and you're hiring a lot of new people and you need to give direction, so here's the here's our RT platform and here's my expectations for you on the job and he, we're going to be meeting, you know, every Monday at 9 a.m. until you feel like you're comfortable in the role. And you're doing a lot of directing and that's fine again when someone's new or you even it's even fine when you have a senior person on your team and you need to delegate a brand new task to them. They may be very competent at seven tasks, but this task is new. You got to be directive. Here's Excel and here's how we do it and here's how we follow up, right? Once that person is through those early stages of developing themselves, you move from directive to supportive leadership, right? Which is collaborative. And what do you think? And that's when you can move to that shared leadership model. So nobody wants anyone who's going to be breathing down their neck and micromanaging. And yet sometimes you do need to be directive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So tell us your website again, Mosaic. Mosaic People Development, www.mosaic.com pd.com love it love it vanessa this has been really informative you are exceptional i definitely want you um to come back and maybe even come some um, some of my other shows as well i i love the energy that you bring i love the the ease of conversation that we had because i think that that's what leadership is also about, right? Being able to even have difficult conversations with someone yeah. and, and being supportive. And you said it, being direct, direct and supportive at the same time. It's, I think it's exceptional. Yeah, well, thank you so much. It was lovely chatting with you. And I appreciate your great listening and asking such interesting questions. It was, it was so nice chatting with you this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Let's stay in touch for sure. I'm going to send you an email. Come on my other shows. I'd love, I'd love to get more insight from you. Anybody who is listening, do me a favor, follow Vanessa and go to her website. Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate everybody. Have yourself an exceptional Friday. And remember, one of the things my mentor has always said, don't have a great weekend. Have a strong end. Don't make it weak. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody.